Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of God Honest Truth live stream. And tonight, ask yourself, as you go through life and you try so hard to do the right thing and you never think, or is it, do you never think that you've been recognized for your faithfulness and doing what's right? Well, tonight's drosh is all about one person who had faith in Yahweh, who stood firm and kept the straight way the way she was supposed to go. And because of this, she was selected to lead the nation of Israel. Her name is Deborah, and we're going to talk all about her and her life tonight in another edition of Scriptural Dossier. But before we get to that, we're going to be first doing our liturgy, our Torah portion, Hav Torah portion, and Brit Hadashah portion, like always. Now, if you're just joining us for the first time, we would like to say shalom and welcome. We're glad to have you. We are God Honest Truth Ministries, and we are a Messianic ministry based out of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about us at GodHonestTruth.com. There you can find out all about the ministry. You can find links to our video platforms, audio platforms, and our social media profiles. You can find resources to help you in your faith and your education teaching articles, video teachings, you can find audio Bibles, resources to help you learning in Hebrew, all sorts of things. So go check it out at GodHonestTruth.com. Oh, as always, if you would like to reach us, you can do so through one of our many social media profiles, or the best way to do it will be directly through email at team at GodHonestTruth.com. So with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our liturgy. Shema Israel, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Echad, Baruch Shem Kevod, Malhuto, Leolam Vayed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be his name, whose glorious kingdom is for eternity. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. 
and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house, and upon your gates. Alright, so in the way of announcements this week, as usual, we're going to give you the episode schedule for about the next upcoming two months or so. Tonight, like we said, is going to be a scriptural dossier on the life and times of Deborah, the Judge Deborah, and what she did, her accomplishments, things like that. So definitely make sure to stay tuned for tonight's drosh. Next week, we're going to be doing a drosh all about the books of the Bible. Now, you know there's 66 books in the canon that we consider the Bible today. So, in order to get through all those in a timely manner and not make it a weekend summit, it's definitely going to have to be a summary of all those books. So, stay tuned next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a drosh on a summary of the books of the Bible. And after that, you can see the rest of the upcoming episodes that we have planned. Of course, all that is due to change in case something does come up, so definitely stay tuned and check the website for updates. But, aside from that, as long as everything goes normally, we'll be doing a live stream every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And like always, here is your list of feast days or Moedim for the next upcoming year, all the way through Sukkot of next year. And of course, our next Moedim is going to be Hanukkah. Now, of course, that's not a biblical feast day or a biblical Moedim as outlined in Scripture, but there's a lot of people who do celebrate it, and it does celebrate the power and miraculous works of the Father. So that's why we like to celebrate it as well. So that comes up on September 18th at sunset and runs through, I'm sorry, December 18th at sunset through December 26th at sunset. And like always, we're going to have a drosh on Hanukkah about two weeks before the date appears or comes up. So make sure to stay tuned for that so that you can get educated and in the know about everything going on with Hanukkah, the history, the food, the customs, the symbols, all that good stuff about two weeks before Hanukkah is set to start. So tune in that night on 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as always, if you have any prayer requests or announcements that you would like to have announced live on air, make sure to have those in to us by Friday evening at the latest because we do go live on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Now, if you would just like to submit a prayer request so that we could pray with you or for you and not have it announced live on air, that's just as fine too. You can submit those anytime and we would be blessed to be sharing your struggle with you. So to send those to us, and we will add you to our prayer list and pray for you as well. So, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get back to our liturgy. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. He walked among us, filled with your Spirit. The only one who ever perfectly fulfilled your Torah, he healed the sick, and raised the dead, the multitudes of our people sought his touch. He taught as no man taught, with authority he brought forth the treasures of the Torah. How the children sought him, the lepers he touched and made clean, 
How the despised and outcast found love and release from their sin. How the hypocrites feared him, whose words uncovered their sin. Despised and rejected, acquainted with grief, he bore the sins of Israel. All we like sheep have gone astray, turned every one to his own way. Our iniquities were laid upon the king, the sins of the world his burden to bear. He rose from the dead and opened the way to life everlasting. Praise his name. We are in him. His spirit and powers. New life is ours with joy and peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us Messiah our King. For the sake of our Master Yeshua, in his merit and virtues, may the sayings of my mouth and a meditation of my heart be favorable before you, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. Amen. Avinu Shabashemaim Yekadesh Shemcha Tavo Mahutecha Yasa Retonecha Baaretz Kaasher Naasa Vashemaim Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done, as on earth, so as in heaven. Ten lanu hayom, lechem hukenu, usalach lanu, erashmatenu ka asher, sulechim anachnu, la asher ashmulanu. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Ve'al tevienu lide masa, ki im hatzilenu min hara. Ki lacha, hamam lacha, v'hagavura, v'hatifaret, ne'olamei, olamim. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. None can compare to you, O Lord, and nothing compares to your creation. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your mercy endures throughout all generations. The Lord is king. The Lord was king. The Lord shall be king throughout all time. May the Lord grant his people mercy. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt him together. And it came to pass, whenever the ark went forth, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. May those who hate you flee from before you. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Blessed be he who in holiness gave the Torah to his people Israel. And tonight's Torah portion... It's going to be Exodus chapter 16, verse 25, through chapter 17, verse 16. And like always, we'll give you just one moment to find that in your preferred translation at home if you would like to read along with us.
Exodus chapter 16, verse 25. And Moshe said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to Yahweh. Today you do not find it in the field. Gather it six days, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there is none. And it came to be that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And Yahweh said to Moshe, How long shall you refuse to guard my commands and my Torah? See, because Yahweh has given you the Sabbath, therefore he has given you bread for two days on the sixth day. Let each one stay in his place. Do not let anyone go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day, and the house of Israel called its name manna. And it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like thin cakes made with honey. And Moshe said, This is the word which Yahweh has commanded. Fill an omer with it to keep for your generations, so that they see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness, when I brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim. And Moshe said to Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer of manna in it, and set it down before Yahweh to keep for your generations. As Yahweh commanded Moshe, so did Aaron set it down before the witness to keep. And the children of Israel ate manna forty years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. And an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. And all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin according to the mouth of Yahweh and camped in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people strove with Moshe and said, Give us water to drink. And Moshe said to them, Why do you strive with me? Why do you try Yahweh? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moshe and said, Why, do you, why did you bring us out of Mitzrayim to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Then Moshe cried out to Yahweh, saying, What am I to do with this people? Yet a little, and they shall stone me. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Pass over before the people, and take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river, and go. See, I am standing before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people shall drink. And Moshe did so before the eyes of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Masa and Meribah, because of the strife of the children of Israel, and because they tried Yahweh, saying, Is Yahweh in our midst or not? And Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moshe said to Joshua, Choose for us men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I am stationing myself on the top of the hill with the rod of Elohim in my hand. And Yehoshua did as Moshe said to him, to fight with Amalek. And Moshe, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, and it came to be when Moshe held up his hand that Yisrael prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moshe's hands were heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Write this for a remembrance in the book, and recite it in the hearing of Joshua, that I shall completely blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens. And Moshe built a slaughter place, and called its name Yahweh Nisi. For he said, Because a hand is on the throne of Yah, Yahweh is to fight against Amalek from generation to generation.
Barukata Yahweh, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet, Vechaye Olam Betukenu, Barukata Yahweh, Noten HaTorah. Amen. This is the Torah which Moses placed before the children of Israel. It is in accord with the Lord's command by the hand of Moses. It is a tree of life to those who take hold of it, and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, Lord, to you, and we shall come. Renew our days as of old. Etayim hi, lamahazim kimbab, ha meusharm, neraheha darhe noam, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen faithful prophets to speak words of truth. Amen. And tonight's half Torah is going to be Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 through 14. And once again, we'll give you time to find that in your preferred translation at home. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13. If you do turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my set-apart day, and shall call the Sabbath a delight, the set-apart day of Yahweh esteemed, and shall esteem it, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in Yahweh. And I shall cause you to ride on the heights of the earth, and, and feed you with the inheritance of Jacob your father. For the mouth of Yahweh has spoken. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the living word in Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. Alright, and tonight's Brit Hadashah portion. It's going to be Mark chapter 2, verses 27 through 28. And one last time, we'll give you the opportunity to find that in your preferred translation at home if you'd like to read along with us.
Mark chapter 2, verse 27. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So the son of Adam is also master of the Sabbath. Barukata Yahweh, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu HaDavar HaEmet, Vechaye Olam Betukenu, Barukata Yahweh, Notain HaBrit HaDashah. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gave to us the word of truth and planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. So it is now time for our drosh, but before we get into that, like always, we're going to take just a short break so we can check on their different live streams, make sure everything's going good. While we're doing that, make sure to go down below, regardless of where you're watching, and leave us a comment. What is it that you know about the Judge Deborah? What's the most important thing that you can remember, if you remember anything at all? Or if you'd like to, just let us know, hi, or Shabbat Shalom, whatever have you. We always love hearing from you guys. Now, while you're down there, make sure also to hit that like button and hit the subscribe button, as well as ring the bell so that you're notified every time that we go live or when we upload a new on-demand video. And before you leave down there, make sure to also hit that share button and share it around with any of your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think might enjoy this type of content. Because every time you do share it around, that's word of mouth advertising, and that has for millennia been the best form of advertising. And we really, really do appreciate it every time you share us around with someone you know. In case you don't know, we haven't mentioned it for a while, but we are streaming on three different platforms on Friday nights for the live stream. We're going to YouTube, we're going to Odyssey, and we're going to Twitch. So if one of those doesn't work for you, for whatever reason, you can always go watch one of the other two. Now, of course, the best place to watch it is going to be on GodHonestTruth.com. You now have two different options to watch on God Honest Truth. You can click on the live stream button on the top and watch us there. Or you can click on the post for this specific live stream and not only watch the live stream itself, but you can go through the various draw slides on your own at your own pace just in case you miss something or you want to go and review something or you want to pause at a certain slide. It's all right there right now as we're speaking live on GodHonestTruth.com. Just click on the post for tonight's episode, Deborah. Now, if you don't have time to watch a video, starting tomorrow morning when the on-demand versions become available, you can also listen to the audio version on whichever platform that you prefer to listen to audio podcasts on. We're on iHeartRadio, we're on Apple iTunes, we are on Spotify, etc., etc. If you don't know the links, you can always find that from GodHonestTruth.com or you can just go search for us on your favorite audio podcasting platform. Subscribe to us there and all the new episodes will come to you. Just another way that you can listen to us and still get the information and be a part of the service. So, all that being said, let's go ahead and get into tonight's drosh. It's pulled up real quick.
Alright, so like I said, tonight's drosh is going to be all about the life and times of the judge named Deborah. But before we start, just want to get the setup for what's going on in Deborah's time as we come into the life of Deborah in Scripture. As you remember, our last scriptural dossier was on the life and times of Joshua. Okay, and if you missed that, make sure to go back in the on-demand videos and you can catch up on the... the uh, can't think now. The leader, Joshua, who followed Moses in leading the people after they came in to the promised land. Well, Joshua, like all humans, lived his life and then eventually died. Now, this left a void in Israel. There was no one there to lead them. When they came out of Egypt, they had Moses leading them. And then when Moses died, Joshua led them and they went to the promised land. They conquered that. And then Joshua died and then they had no leader. This went on for a little bit, having no leader in Israel. And it didn't work out so well for the people because they couldn't control themselves. Without a leader, they fell into sin. They fell into idolatry. And so Yahweh began raising up judges to lead them during these times of turmoil. Now, before we get to Deborah, there were actually a couple other judges before her. And each time the judge would lead the people, it would get them back on the straight and narrow the way they were supposed to go. And then it would fall back into sin once that judge or leader died. And then after a period of sin, they would be another judge. So the people were yo-yoing like this back and forth for a long time. And this is the setup for the period of the judges. And this was also the setup for Deborah because she was a judge. Let's show you this from scripture real quick. Judges 2, 7 through 8, and 11 through 12. And the people served Yahweh all the days of Yehoshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Yehoshua, who had seen all the great works of Yahweh, which he had done for Israel. And Yehoshua, son of Nun, the servant of Yahweh, died 110 years old. Then the children of Israel did evil in the eyes of Yahweh and served the Baals and forsook Yahweh Elohim of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Mitzrayim and went after other mighty ones of the mighty ones of the people who were all around them and they bowed down to them and provoked Yahweh. So we can see here scripture describing what the time was like then. The people would yo-yo. They would go into sin and idolatry, bring up a judge, then go back to sin and idolatry, bring up a judge, back and forth like that, because there was no standing monarchy at that time. There was no king yet, right? But the way Yahweh would always, during this time, the way Yahweh would deal with their sin and idolatry was to raise up judges. Judges 2, verses 16. Then Yahweh raised up rulers, or judges, as it is in the Hebrew, who saved them from the hand of those who plundered them. So again, you can see what Yahweh did in order to deliver his people because they couldn't do right on their own. He would raise up judges, people to lead them and rule them for a certain period of time. Now, like I said, there is no standing monarchy at this time during the period of the judges. And there's a difference between judges and kings. Some people think they're pretty much one and the same, but there's some big differences between 
the judges, and the kings. Let's look at those differences real quick. First off, each judge that you read about in the book of Judges was hand-selected by Yahweh himself, whereas the kings, once it got established, they were chosen either by the previous king through familial lineage because they were in the right family, right? Or they became king through usurping the throne. They would throw a coup and take over and become king that way. But the judges, and this is important to note, the judges were selected by Yahweh himself. Another difference is that the kingship or the monarchy was a permanent standing office. Once it got instituted, it went on and on and on, right? But when Yahweh would raise up a judge, that position of judge was just a temporary one. It wasn't meant to be permanent. Just long enough for that judge to lead and rule the people until they got out of the turmoil they were in, get them set back on straight and narrow, and then there would be no more need for a judge. Unfortunately, this also meant that the people fell back into sin and idolatry. Judges also typically, typically didn't rule the entire nation of Israel. Generally, a judge would be raised up and they would be the leader or ruler over a certain section of what we know of Israel. It would be over one tribe or a handful of tribes, and rarely would it be over the entire nation of Israel as we know it. Also, a judge had no standing army. A judge had no personal guards. A judge had no palace wouldn't wish to stand in. They were just like the regular people. They stayed in regular houses, wore regular clothes, etc., etc., unlike the kings. And also, a judge did not levy taxes. They pretty much did not have the ability to le levy taxes either because the whole monarchy system was not set up yet. There was no national government, as it were, for Israel during the time of the judges. So this is the setup and the history that brings us up to Deborah. So now you've got a background of what's going on in Israel. You know what Deborah's coming into when she's born and living her life. So now let's look at the life of Deborah. Judges chapter 4, verse 4. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was ruling or judging Israel at that time. Now, real quick, we'll stop right here for just a moment and notice what it's saying about Deborah. She was a prophetess, a wife, and a judge, leader of Israel, all at the same time. Okay? Now, this section right here says wife of Lapidoth. That's actually contested somewhat, saying that she wasn't actually married, and that term refers to a different aspect of Deborah, but... We're going to leave it straight as this translation puts it. And she was a wife. She was married. Okay. Now, first thing to note, as we went over the setup for the period of the judges, you can see here that before this, there was no judge. The previous judge had died a while back. The people fell into sin and idolatry. And so they were taken over by a foreign nation and oppressed by a foreign nation. And this is where we're introduced to Deborah. 
First things first, scripture describes Deborah as a prophetess. So, maybe you know what a prophetess or a prophet is. Do you know what it's not? Prophet or prophetess is not a king, a queen, or a ruler, a leader. Prophet does not mean leader. Prophet actually means someone who is a spokesman or mouthpiece for Yahweh, who speaks the words of Yahweh to the world, to the people. Okay, let's look at Exodus 4, 15 through 16. And this is speaking about Moshe, right? Or speaking to Moshe. And it says, And you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I am with your mouth and with his mouth, and I shall teach you what to do. And he shall speak for you to the people, and it shall be that he shall be a mouth for you, and you shall be an Elohim for him. So here we can see, get a good start to see what a prophet is. It is a mouthpiece for Yahweh. Okay, going on, we see Exodus 7, 1 through 2. So Yahweh said to Moshe, See, I have made you an Elohim to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, is your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron, your brother, shall speak to Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go out of his land. Moshe and Aaron both were prophets. Now, Yahweh spoke to Moshe, and then Moshe would then delegate to Aaron also. But they were speaking the words of Yahweh, speaking the commands that they had been given, not making up their own, not interpreting what they thought Yahweh might be meaning to say. No, they said exactly what Yahweh told them to say. That is the mark of a prophet. Going on, looking at Deuteronomy 18, 18. This is a messianic prophecy, but it's also speaking about Moshe, and in general, in this context, about prophets, okay? Deuteronomy 18, 18. I shall, rise up, I shall raise up for them a prophet like you out of the midst of their brothers, and I shall put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So again, a prophet or a prophetess speaks the words of Yahweh, not their own. The Zondervan Illustrated Bible Dictionary states this, The biblical prophets, however, were not merely interpreters. They uttered the actual words that God had given to them without any modification on their part. The Bible itself gives an accurate description of the function of the true prophet. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. The words were placed in the prophet's mouth by God. That is, they were revealed to the prophet, and then the prophet spoke to the nation precisely what God had commanded him. And this is actually a very amazing thing once you think about it. Because you've got the pagan religions of the false gods who don't exist, and they would have their oracles, right? And these oracles of these false gods would interpret and convey their interpretations of their false gods to their adherents, right? But the difference here is that the prophets of Scripture, the prophets of Yahweh, heard directly from Yahweh. A, because Yahweh actually exists. He's the one and only true God. There is no other God above him, beside him, or has ever existed. 
He is the one and only true God. And the prophets of the Bible heard directly from Yahweh. They didn't interpret. Now, the oracles of the false gods did not hear from the false gods. Big shocker, right? Because these false gods didn't exist. And things that don't exist can't speak to people. So these oracles of these false gods would just make up and interpret whatever signs they thought they saw and inter tell the, their interpretations to the people. So that's the contrast between a biblical prophet or what an actual prophet is and the oracles of the false gods. But again, that brings us back to the point that prophets in and of themselves are not a position of leadership or of rulership. Okay? And the Hebrew word, if you're a nerd like I am, <clears throat> the Hebrew word for prophet is navi. You might have heard this when you learned about Tanakh and what Tanakh means, right? Torah, Nevaim, and Ketuvim. Nevaim means prophets. And Tanakh means Torah, Nevaim, and Ketuvim, meaning the Torah, obviously the first five books of Moses, the Nevaim, the prophets, and Ketuvim, the writings. <clears throat> And then the Hebrew word for prophetess, a female prophet, is Neviyah, right? Navi and Neviyah, that's for prophet and prophetess. And that's what Deborah was, a prophetess. Now, the gift of prophecy is not only given to men, okay? Some people make the claim that the Bible is this big chauvinistic thing where it's all about men ruling, men in charge, shut up woman, that kind of thing, right? These are people who don't know Scripture, who haven't opened up their Bible. Now, when it comes to prophecy, the gift of prophecy is given to men and women alike. And actually, Deborah was not the first prophet. We actually see back in Exodus where Miriam, the sister of Aaron, who went around with Moshe, Moshe, blah, Moshe, right? Miriam was a prophetess as well. Exodus 15, 20. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. So Miriam, the sister of Aaron, also was a prophetess who heard directly from Yahweh. And this brings us back to Deborah. Not only was she a wife and judge, but she was a prophetess. She heard directly from Yahweh. And this is not something that you just randomly get chosen for, right? You have to have faith. You have to be on the right path. You have to be doing good and putting out a good name for Yahweh, advancing what Yahweh is all about, right? And what faith in him is all about. And this was Deborah. This makes her so amazing and so incredible and something to point out. <clears throat> like we went over before, the people were yo-yoing up and down all the time. They would be ruled by a judge and they would fall into sin and idolatry. 
And this is where Deborah comes in during one of those periods of sin and idolatry. But Deborah was holding the faith. She was doing what she was supposed to do. And because of her faith, because she was doing the things that Yahweh wanted her to do, she was selected by Yahweh to be a prophetess and then hand-selected by Yahweh to be a judge, a ruler, a leader over the nation of Israel. Judges 4 or 5, going on. And it says, And she was dwelling under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for right ruling. <clears throat> now, you may have not caught this on the first, second, third, even twelfth time reading through this, but here it says, the palm tree of Deborah kind of interesting thing it's like all she had was a palm tree or did she specifically own this certain palm tree well there's a couple of different interpretations here the one i found most interesting was some claim that this palm tree of deborah didn't actually belong to the judge deborah but rather to rebecca's nurse deborah okay let's look at that real quick Genesis 35, 8, and Deborah, Ribka's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the terebinth tree. So the name of it was called Alon Bakuth. Now, take notice here, something I want to point out just from a personal standpoint, that she was buried underneath a terebinth tree. Keep that in mind. But continuing on, Jewish Encyclopedia states this, this tree appears later on in Jewish history in connection with another Deborah. In Judges 4 or 5, it is called the Palm of Deborah as though named in honor of the prophetess who sat under it and judged Israel. But it is more likely that Deborah in this connection is a, reminisc is a reminiscence of the nurse. So there's one tradition out there who states this tree that the judge Deborah was sitting under and ruling under was actually the tree that Rebecca's nurse, Deborah, was buried under, and that's why it was called Deborah's tree, right? But when we look at the judge, Deborah, it says that she was sitting under a palm tree, not a terebinth or oak tree, okay? Two different words, both in English and in Hebrew there. So, you know, definitely some time had passed. So maybe it was the same place and different trees grown up. I don't know. Getting really nerdy about this, I know, but I thought it was interesting <clears throat> and thought you might like so too. Now, Deborah's name, we like to get into names when we do the scriptural dossier, right? But Deborah's name means B, and it's the word H1683. It's a, like we just pointed out, it's the name of two different women in scripture. And her name means B. Again, looking at this, Judges 4, 5. And she was dwelling under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for right ruling. Now look at here where Deborah is located at. It says that she was between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. Now scripture doesn't tell us specifically which tribe that 
Deborah was from, right? But we can kind of judge here because it says that she was in Ephraim. Okay, we can go ahead from that and assume that she was probably an Ephraimite from the tribe of Ephraim. If you look here on the map, if you're watching the video, here's the land apportioned to the tribe of Ephraim. It is east of Dan, west of Manasseh and Gad, and north of Benjamin, and then north of the land of Judah as well. So we can tell from this evidence that we have so far, circumstantial at best, I know that, but we can kind of deduce that Deborah was an Ephraimite and not a Jew. So, let's see here. Yep. So, going back, bringing us all together, we saw that the people of Israel, after Joshua died, they would yo-yo back and forth between sin and idolatry, and then Yahweh bringing up a judge and setting them back straight, right? And this is the setup that we come into for Deborah, like we alluded to before. Now, specifically for Deborah, here's exactly what was going on at the time that she comes on the scene. Judges 4, 1 through 3. And when Ehud was dead, the children of Israel did evil again did evil in the eyes of Yahweh. Therefore Yahweh sold them into the hand of Yabin, the sovereign of Canaan, who reigned in Hatsor, and the commander of his army was Sisera, remember that name, who was dwelling in Harosheth, Hagoim. And the children of Israel cried out to Yahweh, because he had nine hundred chariots of iron, and for twenty years, twenty years, he harshly oppressed the children of Israel. So, the people did wrong, they went into sin and idolatry, and so Yahweh brought in an oppressor to oppress them and punish them for this stuff, right? That goes on for 20 years, and then we come to Deborah. Also notice here, what is talking about the oppressor and what they had. It says that they had 900 chariots of iron. Now, put this in contrast to the people of Israel. They don't have chariots, right? They don't have things like that. Big weapons of war. They don't even have a standing army like we would think of, right? It would be like a average-sized town in America being oppressed by another nation with tanks, right? Rolling in with tanks and that small average-sized town just has handguns. That's the kind of opposition they were up against here. But Yahweh found someone who was faithful, doing what she was supposed to do, and because of her faith and walking straight and narrow, Yahweh chose Deborah to rule and judge Israel. Judges 4, 6-7 And Deborah sent and called for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not Yahweh Elohim of Israel commanded? Go, and you shall draw towards Mount Tabor, and shall take with you ten thousand men of the sons of Naphtali, and of the sons of Zebulun, and I shall draw unto you Sisera, remember that, the commander of Yavin's army, with his chariots and his company at the Wadi Kishon, and shall give him into your hand. Now apparently from this context, it seems like 
Barack had already been told to go out and do this, but he had, hadn't done it yet. So Devers reminded him again, you know, Yahweh has spoken this. You should be going out and doing it, right? Very next section, Judges 4, 8 through 9. And Barak said to her, If you go with me, then I shall go. But if you do not go with me, I do not go. And she said, I shall certainly go with you. Only there shall be no esteem for you in the journey you are taking. For Yahweh is going to sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. So Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. So, because Barak hadn't done this already, and because he wouldn't go unless Deborah went with him, then Barak was not going to get the honor and the glory for defeating Sisera and this army that had been oppressing them. Instead, Deborah says here, tells Barak, that the honor and the glory would fall into the hands of a woman, just like Deborah. So again, it's not about male or female. It's those who are there and most worthy to serve Yahweh whenever he needs them to. Judges 4, 14 through 15. And Deborah said to Barak, Rise up, for this is the day in which Yahweh has given Sisera into your hand. Has not Yahweh gone out before you? And Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men after him. And Yahweh destroyed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera leaped from his chariot and fled away on foot. So now we can see Barak actually did, or finally did, what he was supposed to do. He goes down, he's got 10,000 men with him, and they defeat this oppressing army. However, their leader, Sisera, gets knocked off his, or leaps off his chariot, and then he starts running away from Barak and his army, right? Because he can see he's losing, so he's running away, trying to get back to safety. Then, in Judges 4, 17 through 18, Sisera, meanwhile, had fled on foot to the tent of Yael, the wife of Heber, the Canaanite, for there was peace between Yabin, sovereign of Hatsor, and the house of Heber, the Canaanite. And Yael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my master, turn aside to me. Do not fear. So he turned aside with her into the tent, and she covered him with a blanket. So Sisera, on his running away, found somewhere he thought would be a safe refuge. He thought he had found someone who was an ally. <clears throat> and this lady, Yael, told him to come on in, come on into her tent. And she gave him a blanket. She gave him some milk to drink, gave him some food. And so he took the blanket, ate the food, laid down, and kind of dozed off. Then, in Judges 4, 21 through 22, But Yael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into the side of his head. And it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and exhausted, and he died. And see, as Barak pursued Sisera, Yael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, let me show you the man whom you are seeking. And when he went in, when, ah, and when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera dead with a peg in the side of his head. So again, Yahweh used a woman to accomplish what was supposed to come about. 
Now remember the prophecy that Deborah told Barak back before the battle. He said, or she said, because you have not done this and because you want me to go with you, then the glory and the honor of the battle is going to go into the hands of a woman. And now we can see who that woman is. It wasn't Deborah. It was Yael who eventually killed the leader of the, the opposing army. His name was Sisera. Drove a tent peg straight through his head, all the way through into the ground. And because of all this, and probably partly because of the prophecy, in Judges chapter 5, it's pretty much all a poem written by Deborah about all this happened. And in that poem, she actually exalts Yael for what she did. Judges 5.24 Blessed above women is Yael, the wife of Heber the Canite. Above women in tents, she is blessed. So again, Deborah, Yael, etc., etc. Yahweh uses both men and women to accomplish what needs to come about. In Judges 4, 23 through 24. And on that day, Elohim humbled Yabin, sovereign of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Yabin, sovereign of Canaan, until they had cut off Yabin, sovereign of Canaan. So they won that battle when Barak had those 10,000 men. And then the leader of that army that had been defeated, Sisera, was killed by a woman driving a tent peg through his head, right? But they still had the leader of that nation. So now, because of all these victories and because they were starting to get back in line with what Yahweh wanted them to do, the people of Israel grew and got stronger and eventually, through the leadership and leading of Deborah, they eventually got to a point where they defeated the leader of the Canaanites, Yabin. And so they had peace. Judges 5.31 So do all your enemies perish, O Yahweh, but let those who love him be like the sun rising in its might. And the land had rest 40 years. So after all this, thanks to the faith and the leadership and the judging of Deborah, and thanks to the actions of Yael, the land was once again back in line with Yahweh, and they had peace for 40 years. Think about what that could accomplish in today's day and age, how screwed up our culture and our world is. If we just had faith and did what we're supposed to do, what Scripture tells us to do, what Yahweh tells us to do and wants us to do, if we did all that and had the faith like Deborah had, how much better could our world be? How much better could our respective nations be if we did all that? And we don't just wait on some man to do it. As we can see from the story of Deborah, Yahweh also uses women. So if you're a woman out there listening to this, you can be chosen by Yahweh himself to be a leader in your own right. If you have that faith like everyone should have, if you do the things that Yahweh wants you to do like everyone should be doing, Yahweh can still choose you, whether you're a man or a woman. And Deborah is still respected up until this day and recognized for her accomplishments and what she did, even so much so that the Nebraska State Capitol 
actually has a relief of Deborah on the state capitol itself. Here you can see the palm tree that we first started out looking at Deborah, that she was sitting under and judging Israel, and this relief is a scene based on that. But even in today's day and age, people still recognize the judge, Deborah. <clears throat> so, in summary, Deborah was a prophetess, a wife, and a judge all at the same time. Now, Scripture does not record Deborah as having any kids, but it does record her as being a prophetess, a wife, and a judge all at the same time. Deborah was most likely, from the evidence we looked at, from the tribe of Ephraim, and therefore not a Jew or a Manassite or a Levite. She was an Ephraimite. Deborah was faithful in the midst of an unfaithful generation, which is a big, definite lesson for us today, something we can draw out of the example of Deborah. <clears throat> And a big thing to point out here is that Yahweh uses both men and women, and the scripture is not shy about talking about this. That's just the God honest truth. So, I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. Hopefully that was educational, that you enjoyed it, that you got something out of it. In just a moment, <clears throat> wow, brain freeze there for a moment. But in just a moment, we're going to be doing our Aaronic benediction, like always, or our priestly blessing. So if you have anyone there with you that you would like to have gathered next to you, when we do that, go ahead and start gathering them together. But in the meantime, while you're doing that, go down below, leave us a comment, tell us what you thought about tonight's live stream. Excuse me. Tell us what you got out of it. Just anything at all, because like we said, we always love hearing from you guys. While you're down there, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, as well as ring the bell so that you're notified every time we go live or upload an on-demand video. And also hit that share button and share it around with your friends, family, or colleagues. If you happen to miss last week's Drosh on Sacred Name, we did make an announcement that there is an entire series up from HebrewGospels.com that we've made a playlist out of. And it's on our channel, so you can go look at that or you can go to HebrewGospels.com and see it there directly. But it is a very good series on the pronunciation of the sacred name. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff and want to learn more, go check out that video series. And if you happen to miss anything on tonight's live stream, or if you didn't get something down in your notes, remember starting tomorrow morning, you can catch the on-demand version of the video on our website, GodHonestTruth.com. Just go on there, click on the post for Deborah, and you'll be able to see not only the video, but you can go through the Drosh slides on your own as well. That way you can go through and stop at a particular point, go at your own pace, or what have you. Makes it so much convenient, so much more convenient having the slides at your own control. So with all that being underway and being said, let's go ahead and get into our Aaronic benediction.
Yivarika Yahweh, Vayishmarecha. Yair Yahweh Panavilecha, Vihunecha. Yisaha Yahweh Panavilecha, Vayasim Lecha, Shalom. May Yahweh bless you and guard you. May Yahweh make his face shed light upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his face unto you and give you peace. Thank you once again for joining us tonight. We hope you have a great, wonderful, restful Shabbat. And until we see you again next week, we hope your week is filled with good food, good fortune, good friends, good family, good spirits, and good health. And until we see you again next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Shabbat Shalom, Shavua Tov, and we'll see you later. Yahweh bless you, Yahweh guard you, Yahweh make his face shine upon you, that's your favor to you, Yahweh lift his face upon you, and give you peace, Yahweh bless you, Yahweh guard you, Yahweh make his face shine upon you, and show favor to you, Yahweh lift his face upon you, and give you peace, Yahweh bless you, Yahweh guard you, Yahweh make his face shine upon you and show favor to you. Yahweh lift his face upon you and give you peace. Yahweh bless you.